This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 148, Submission 418, WrestleMania 2. WrestleMania 2 was held live on closed circuit and pay-per-view on Monday night, April 7th, 1986. And it took place in three locations. The Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois, and the Los Angeles Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. WrestleMania 2, what the world has come to. And now, Vince McMahon. Hello, everyone! Welcome to the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time. Welcome to WrestleMania! So unless you've been living under a rock... And as we mentioned in the previous episode, WrestleMania was going to be this week. Yeah, it was supposed to be this week. They delayed it to April 10th. And 11th, it's still going to be in it's Raymond James Stadium as it was going to be last year, as we mentioned in the previous episode. Yeah. But Los Angeles is going to get it in two years. And Dallas is going to get it next ne- year. Next year. And Dak Prescott's going to run for the money in the bank. It'll run be for- the furthest he's run from anything. Oh, yeah. How about them Cowboys? Anyway. But right, let's go all the way. Mike's shaking his head like, I'm just so ashamed by that Dak Prescott joke. He is. He's nodding his He's head. Worth it. You know what? He's worth being shamed over. But okay. you know what? But speaking of shame. Oh, jeez. This show is very shameful, but we got to get into the whole little backstory of, of how this came to be. So in 1985, Vince McMahon holds the first WrestleMania from Madison Square Garden with the main event being Hulk Hogan. And Mr. T, his friend from Rocky Three, because, you know, they were both in Rocky Three. Yep. Against Rowdy Rowdy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And thanks to an appearance the night before where Hogan and Mr. T hosted Saturday Night Live, it led to many people walking up to closed circuit to watch it the following day out of curiosity, like, oh, man. There's this big match, and Mr. T's going to wrestle with Hulk Hogan. I need to see what this is all about. And, and they did. And, and it you was, know what? It looked it, good. It was. It looked good. It looks good. Looked good. Looks good. Looks good. Oh, it looks good. Looks good. Oh, it looks good. Looks good. Oh, it looks good. But it wasn't so much you had Hulk Hogan and Mr. T wrestling. It was also a star-studded event. You had, of course... Cindy Lauper at WrestleMania. Of course, this would be the beginning of the rock and wrestling sort Next, of mashup. 
Rock and Wrestling Connection, yes. But also the main event. You had so many personalities in the main event. You had Muhammad Ali as a guest referee. You had Liberace as the guest timekeeper. And he came in with the Rockettes. And the best part is, when Liberace rung the bell, he had a little bell with him. <laughs> ding, ding. Ding, ding. And also, guest ring announcer, Billy Morton. Now, since this is an audio podcast, not a video podcast, insert scene with Chico shaking his head as I say Billy Morton. Billy Morton! You don't know who Billy Morton is? The former manager of the Yankees? He, oh! he man- yeah, he managed the Yankees like seven times. And and aren't you a Yankees fan? For shame. I'm going to sit in my corner now and think about what I... So in the 1980s, you have this big wrestling war going on. So the WWF was in a big wrestling war with the National Wrestling Alliance, which was run by Jim Crockett Promotions. And in Thanksgiving of 1985, Jim Crockett Promotions, for their big show, Starcade. No, no, not that Starcade with Jeff Edwards. This is like no. Starcade with two R's. Don't ask why it has two R's. The extra R is for extra wrestling. Yeah. So they held their card, Starcade 85, The Gathering, in two locations. The Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, in the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. Real, both of them are big hubs. Actually, it would actually make more sense if you put it at Dorton Arena and the Omni, but then again, that's just me. Well, the Greensboro Coliseum was like the big arena for Crockett back then. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. And also, the Greensboro Coliseum, of course, for those who don't know, is also the mostly been the main venue for the ACC basketball tournament. Yep. And the and the Hurricanes played there while um, what is now PNC Arena was finished was finishing being built. So, Vince McMahon decides, you know what? When we do a second WrestleMania, I'm going to one up Jim Crockett. But I'm not only going to one up him; I'm going to have it in three arenas. But here's the kicker: I'm going to have my big show in WrestleMania two in the three biggest markets in the country. New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. Yep. And guess what? He did. But here's the thing. Greensboro and Atlanta are in the same time zone. Yeah. New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles are in three different time zones. Yeah. So you have a chaotic situation being set up for yourself right here. That's putting it lightly. Yeah. So... What they did was it was a card of 12 matches with each location getting four matches. So New York would have the first portion of the show. Chicago would have the second portion of the show. And Los Angeles would have the third portion of the show. And theoretically, the Los Angeles card would be the showstopper. The showstopper. But if you were watching on the West Coast, you got the Los Angeles portion first. And then you got the New York and Chicago portions on tape delay. Yeah. So you had an East Coast version with the show as normal, but the West Coast version, you had L.A. first and then New York and Chicago. But Uh. to make everything good for the fans attending, you got a main event in each location. So in New York, you got Mr. T in a boxing match against Rowdy Rowdy Piper. 
stick around. I'm going to explain why that made no sense. Made no sense. In Chicago, you had a battle royal with 20 competitors, and you had a wrestling slash NFL battle royal. Now, remember, this is Chicago in 1986. The Bears are the biggest deal in the world right now. And headlining this battle royal, you have William the Refrigerator Perry. Come on. And it all culminated in Los Angeles where you had the Hulkster versus King Kong King Bundy. King Kong Bundy, yeah. And not just against King Kong Bundy, in a steel cage match. Defending the championship. Defending the WWF title. Oh, my God. But you know what? If you wanted to hear a podcast where we just talked about wrestling all the time, this is not going to be this podcast because we're not going to be talking about the wrestling mostly because this show, as you know, we always talk about go on tangents on other things. And besides that, there are so many good wrestling podcasts who do that sort of thing. And yeah, we could never match up to that sort of caliber. No, the reason we're here is because this is a star-studded event. We have celebrities out the wazoo. So we're just going to talk mostly about the celebrities, and we're probably going to talk a little bit about each main event. Yep. So let's start with the New York portion of WrestleMania 2, which I know I love how they say it's the New York portion, how they have like a shot of New York City. But it's in the Nassau Coliseum in Long Which Island. is on Long Island. Yeah. yeah. Uniondale is like. Uniondale is about as far from New York City as you can get while still technically being in the city. Well, not really, because Nassau County's not part of New York City. Okay, okay. I mean, if it, if it was today. I mean, uh, if you're talking if it was about today, in the metro. Oh, in the metro. Yeah. Maybe, I guess, if in uh, general. Maybe. I know Suffolk County, we don't consider ourselves part of New York City. Well, there you go. There you go. Okay, so we have in the New York portion, we have Vince McMahon as your commentator, Howard Finkel as your ring announcer, as your special guest announcer. Are you ready for this? Oh, you ready? One half of Kate Nally, Susan St. James. Yes. They couldn't get Jane Curtin. What's up with that? Well, you know why she's on this portion. Why is she on this portion? Who's Susan St. James married to? Uh, She is married to, oh, Dick Ebersole. And who's Dick Ebersole friends with? Dick Ebersole's friends with Vince. Got it. And they they were co-producing Saturday Night's main event on NBC at this time. Yep. So this is... Yeah, and this would be, what, Dick Ebersole would be one year removed from giving SNL back to Lord Michaels. Oh yes. Cause he gave it back. He left SNL in 85 and also Saturday night's main event was like a once a month replacement for SNL during the season. So yeah. And also performing America, the beautiful, the legendary Ray Charles. America. <laughs> I love America. God share his grace on God me. God his grace on me. And cry around like good. I remember. Like you knew he would. Sharing brotherhood. And brotherhood. From, from sea, sea to shadow And I love how they have all these great pictures of America during the... 
Well, it consider what this is. Oh yeah, this yeah. is practically America right here. Yeah, you have all these great pictures of of the United States of the people of the United States. You have some, these great pictures of the Lincoln Memorial, a bald eagle, pictures of JFK and MLK, and it all concludes with a picture of the Hulkster. Yes. Of, course, of course you gotta you gotta end it with the Hulkster. You gotta you gotta end it with the Hulkster. Yes sir you do. Because who oh. represents America at this time in nineteen eighty six in the Hulkster? Yeah Oh, okay. We talked about the guest announcers, Susan St. James did we talk about, and we'll talk about this uh, when we get into the main event, but there was a special ring announcer. Oh, yes, for the main event of the New York portion. Yes. Oh, you ready for this? The legendary Joan Rivers. Yes! Can we yes! talk? Can we talk? Can we can talk? We talk? Can we uh, talk? Oh, this is so great. Can we can we can we talk, Mister T? Mister T's haircut, ah! <laughs> Rowdy Rowdy Piper's skirt, ah! But the best. I'm so glad my daughter doesn't have to see any of this. <laughs> oh. oh, we miss you, Joan. We really. Oh, do. we really do. But okay. Oh, one thing I want to mention about Susan St. James, uh-huh. the commentary she has. Yeah. She, she says, "Uh oh, quite a lot." And uh-oh. she's, uh oh. In fact, we have a montage of all the time she said, uh oh, during this show. We'll play it right here. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Flashing my hand, maybe I believe to the eye. Uh oh. 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 She also says George a lot too during the George Steele Macho Man Randy Savage match. Oh, yep. and my favorite part is during this match, Macho Man Randy Savage gets a someone has like a pair of flowers for Elizabeth. He rips the flowers off of the fan and attacks George the Animal Steel with it. And then George the Animal Steel gets the flowers and hits Macho Man right back. Then- he, who, who does he think he is? Carl Shiloh? And the best part is, Susan St. James is like, all right! And then Susan St. James says to the Vince, All right, George. He may not be smart, but he has respect for women, Vince. That's what he's got. George the Animal Steel, he may not have any brains, but at least he has respect for women. <laughs> he, You know what? Susan St. James is not wrong. No. And of course, this all culminates after Jake the Snake Roberts gives George Wells the DDT. And puts the snake on him. It all culminates in a boxing match between Mr. T, I believe he was 
still be on the A team. Still, yeah, I believe season four or five at this point. It'd be season four because the final season of the A team wouldn't be till eighty six, eighty seven. Right. But the A team's like waning in popularity at this point. Yes, and you know what? What would be uh, just fresh in America's minds right then? What? Rocky three. Oh yeah, because as we all know, Mr. T was a boxer in Rocky three. Yeah, clubber leg. We now switch to our remote cameras inside the dressing rooms. Would you care to comment on how you plan to fight Balboa? What's your strategy? Don't need any. Balboa is so predictable and stupid. The man comes straight ahead. He's still a maid for me, and he's gonna get hurt. What's your prediction for the fight, then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. He only played a boxer, but you know what? This is what I'm about to tell you. Why this main event was so ridiculous. Okay. Mr. Mr. T and Rowdy Roddy Piper in a boxing match. In a boxing match. Now, Mr. T only played a boxer. Rowdy Roddy Piper was a legit boxer. Yes, he was a legit boxer in Canada before he became a wrestler. And that's just one of the ridiculous bits. The other one was... Mr. T missing punches and Piper just going along, going along with it, flopping like he was, I don't know, the point guard for Duke or something. Well, the most ridiculous part was, Mr. and Roddy says this on like his DVD WWE put out in the mid-2000s, Mr. T tries to give Roddy a punch and it misses it like three feet off, and he flops like Robin Lopez onto yep. the onto the arena floor. Mr. T to Southpaw against Roddy Roddy Piper. I'd give that match back in, in a million years. Worst match of my life. He throws the left hook, I'm right there, and he misses the hook by about that much, and it's on camera. I got so angry. The only thing I could do that I had a stool, and you can see it. I took the stool and I just lifted at it as hard as I could. I took a hunk of flesh out, and it fight me. Do something. Just give me a reason to use my elbows. Kick them. Oh, wait a minute. And and so Roddy's like so pissed over this. He's legit pissed. He so Roddy gets pissed. so Roddy gets like his stool that he was sitting on, and he throws it at Mr. T. Like, come on, do something. Come on, give me a match here! Yeah. And of course, because this is Rowdy Roddy Piper, he's, you know, he's like, the, the man is into his character. Come he's on. into his character. Mr. T's like acting all ridiculous, and Piper's like, what are you doing? Come on! Yeah. Ultimately, this ends. Yes. I you not. <laughs> Piper goes back into wrestling mode, I guess. And he body slams Mr. T. Yes, with a minute 15 in the fourth round. That earns him a DQ. Mr. T wins the, the match. Bo- boxing match, in quotes. Look at this now. Beginning of round four. I told you. Oh, and a right hand by Piper. Come on. Oh. Oh, another one. T is back up. Oh, knocked his mouth. He almost knocked his mouth. Uh-oh. 
Wolf Fighter so hard where he Piper is firing off. T also with a right hand a moment ago. And a right by Piper. And a left. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Come on, T. Your turn, T. Roundhouse, right and left. Get Joe off a cowboy there. Joe's got the cowboy. Well, they're trying to get these fighters apart. Oh, look at that. Mr. T gets the do. But Piper is right back on top of it. Ladies and gentlemen, in the fourth round, the referee stops this bout. He awards the decision as a result of a disqualification to Mr. T. I cannot believe that this boxing match ended in a disqualification, Chico. The only way you could disqualify yourself from a legitimate boxing match is if you hit below the belt. And when I say below the belt, I mean... You hit below the belt or you bite the opponent's ear off. Uh, yeah, yeah. You hit below the belt and you bite the opponent's ear off. But obviously to do what Piper did, you really want to do that? No. You are, it's like, you are... You are Rowdy Roddy frickin' Piper. You have legit boxing chops. Hmm. And you want to go out like some sucker like that? Yeah. I know you wanted Mr. T to do something, but really? But okay, let's get into all the celebrities in this boxing match. Now, we talked about Joan Rivers. Now, her ring induction is so hilarious that I'm just going to play it here. All right. Yes, she called Roddy's quarterman, Ace Cowboy Bob Orton, who, of course, is the father of Randy Orton. She called him, and I kid you not, the Ace Comedy Funny Man, Mr. Bob Orvin. Oh, God, really? The Ace Comedy Funny Man. <laughs> I love Mike's, like, listening, like, what? The Ace Seriously, Com- what? The Ace Comedy Funny Man, Mr. Bob Orvin. Okay. Then the, oh, the other celebrities. Go ahead, Chico. The guest. Okay, you know what? This is so important that I'm just going to include it right now. The special guest timekeeper. Okay, get ready, guys. The guest timekeeper. Are you ready? Mike, are you sitting down for this? Are you sitting down for this? Bad choice of words. Um, The guest timekeeper... 
Are you hungry for Burger King? Herb? Yes. Herb. Not that other Herb. Not our favorite Herb. This is our our second favorite Herb. No, no, this is the real Herb. This This is a real Herb. And we'll be talking about him later this year, because this man's going to get his own episode of this podcast this summer. So stay tuned for that. But, okay. We talked about Herb in previous entry. The why is this? This is second. This is like the third time in the last couple episodes we talked about the Nut House because he was on the Nut House. He was on the Nut House. Yes. Oh my God. But when Joan Rivers introduced Herb, she says, "This is somebody I've been dying to meet." <laughs> She's been dying to meet Herb, and I gotta be honest, who wouldn't want to be excited to meet Herb? And now someone I have been dying to meet. The timekeeper, Herb! And so the crowd at the Nassau Coliseum, they are going absolutely nuts for Herb. They Herb, love him. Herb, Herb, Herb. They're like, yeah, Herb. I couldn't believe it because... I've always been told that Herb sucked. That this marketing campaign was terrible. Well, apparently not, because... Look at the crowd at the Nassau Coliseum. They're all excited to meet Herb. Right? Right? So that kind of proves, oh, you're wrong. You've never been to Long Island. Long Island loves Herb. Long Island is strange. Anyway. Oh, tell me about it. But you know who else was in the New York portion? Okay, so now we get into... The guest cornermen for yes. each fighter. So for uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, we have Lou Duva. Legendary boxing trainer. Yes, legendary boxing trainer in the corner of Hot Rod, but on the corner of Mr. Oh, T. Yeah. Smoke Smokin' Joe Frazier. And we just passed recently the 50th anniversary of the fight of the century between Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali at Madison Square Garden, which, I mean, makes sense because Muhammad Ali was at the first WrestleMania. So it makes sense Joe Frazier would be at the second WrestleMania. Oh, totally. Totally. But now we get into the guest judges. Can you believe this? For a worked boxing match, they had guest judges. Yeah. (laughs) Their job was just to sit there. What are they going to do for the match? Are they actually judging this as a boxing match? Mike, what do you think? Do you think they're actually judging this as a boxing match? You know, they might. <laughs> they, they, I doubt it, but they might. Okay, but do you want to, are you ready for the judges for this match? Tell Mike, me who are the ready? judges are. Tell me okay. who the judges are. First, we have from the New Jersey Nets, from the Planet Lovetron, Chocolate Thunder, Daryl Dawkins. Nice. The legendary Daryl Dawkins. Oh. And also, your second guest judge, Cab Calloway. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Those two don't make any sense. No. It's not but supposed chocolate... to. It's WrestleMania, baby. Okay, okay, but... but... I never thought I'd hear in my life in the same sentence, chocolate thunder and cab Calloway. 
But get ready, Mike. You're ready for the third judge. Oh no. There's a third judge. There's a third judge. Yep. And guess what? Joan Rivers calls this person my favorite Watergate judge. G. Are you ready? Gordon Liddy. G. Gordon Liddy. <laughs> my favorite Watergate judge. Yeah. No. Yes. Oh, no. Well, guess what, guys? This is not going to be the last time this year on this podcast we'll be discussing G. Gordon Liddy. Oh, Jesus. He oh, makes, really? Because <laughs> he makes a guest spot in future installment, The New Adventures of Fiends Baxter. Oh, boy. What's but G- there's more. Say the other one. Oh, eventually, we're going to cover this. He was on the early 2000s TNN classic. 18 wheels of justice. <laughs> I remember when you submitted this show to me, Mike, 18 wheels of justice. I was dying. Oh, th- th- that's going to be a great episode. Oh, that is no. going to be. An, it's not as great as this one, but uh, it's going to be a great episode. Yeah. The unfortunate thing right now is most of the episodes on YouTube are like in Spanish or French or something. So it's like, oh. come on. Well, I can understand it. No. We need to have someone upload these episodes in English because we want to talk about 18 Wheels of Justice and G. Gordon Liddy. We really do. Oh. <laughs> That's great. Okay, okay. So, so we're done with the New York portion. We're of done Pro- with New York. And if you thought New York was wild, yo, man, yo. It's about to get wilder. Yeah. Let's go to suburban Chicago at the Rosemont Horizon for the Chicago portion of WrestleMania 2. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. WrestleMania 2, what the world has come to. Now, Vince McMahon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, in a moment, we're going to be taking you to the Windy City and all kinds of action awaiting you out in Chicago. Let's take you now to Gorilla Monsoon and Company. Thank you, Vince, and hello, everybody, and welcome to the beautiful Rosemont Horizon here in Chicago for this portion of WrestleMania 2. Gives me great pleasure at this time to introduce a dear friend of mine whose name is synonymous with professional wrestling, the one and only Mean Gene Okerley. All right, I thank you very much, Gorilla Monsoon. This place coming on blue as we work up to this gigantic battle royal. 20 men of the ring, including six of the best from the National Football League and, of course, 14 of the very best from the world of professional wrestling. I think it comes down to football versus wrestling. And that would be uh, hosted or commented by... The greatest commenting team in all of sports entertainment, for my money at least, Gorilla Monsoon and Mean Gene Okerlund. Oh yes, the greatest play-by-play guy and the greatest interview guy together in Chicago. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it's wonderful. And you got accompanied them as the guest commentator from That's Incredible, Kathy Lee Crosby. Wonder Woman Kathy Lee Crosby! 
Oh yeah, we'll be talking about the Wonder Woman pilot from the 1970s with Captain. Yeah, I, yeah I, I only bring that up because uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League dropped on HBO Max. By the way, if you're going to watch it, make sure you block off a time of four hours where you're not owed to anyone. And don't eat anything. Well, here's the thing. It's not in a theater, so you can you have the benefit of pausing it. Yes. But watch it the way it was meant to be seen. Yes. On a 1980s big screen TV. Because it's in 144-1 aspect ratio. Life is good. But it can be better. Yes. Okay, so we talked about Gorilla Monsoon. We talked about Mean Gene. We talked about uh, Kathy Lee Crosby. Oh, one thing I want to mention, because Howard Finkel was commentating the New York portion. So who they got to comment the Chicago portion of WrestleMania 2, a legendary name in Chicago radio, Chet Kopik. Yep. A legendary Chicago sports talk radio host. Passed away a couple years ago, unfortunately. But he hosted a show that was very good on, if you remember, New Sport. It was kind of like the replacement for Sports Channel America, I remember. And he had a talk show on that. Yeah, it was pretty good. But yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was called Back Table, and it was on Sports Channel before it was metamorphosed into Fox Sportsnet. Yeah. Well, first it became New Sport, and then eventually everything, all the sports channels in New Sport, all became part of that Fox Sports Net stuff. And now, of course, Fox Sports Net is now becoming Bally Sports, which don't even get me started on that. That's just weird in itself. It's yeah, that, that makes two of us. Yeah, but he was uh, he was like a legendary broadcaster, both radio and television. He was on WMAQAM, and uh, he also announced for Fox uh, 32 WFLD back in the day. Oh, that's pretty nice. Hey, I love fuzzy memories, okay? Yeah, fuzzy memories. We love that. Good Great stuff. YouTube Good channel. Stuff. Okay, let's go into the main event because we don't really want to talk about well, we watched well, me and Chica, we watched that fabulous Moolah match before. Yeah, between the fabulous Moolah and Velvet McIntyre, and let's just say we don't know what the hell happened in that match. No, No. nobody knows what the hell happened to that match. Okay, and then you have uh, Corporal Kirshner and Nikolai Volkov in a flag match, in a flag match, Volkov. Kirshner Kirshner caught the flag and uh, hit Volkov with it and won. But thanks a lot, Freddie Blassie. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think but, it was his cane he threw into the ring. Yeah, it was his cane. My bad. My bad. Okay. Uh, but now we get into the NFL WWF Battle Royal. Okay. And we, got and some... we have the actual list here. Okay. We have Jimbo Covert. Of the Chicago Bears. Pedro Morales. Who at this time would be the only man to hold all three WWF titles at this point. The WWF title, the Intercontinental title, and the tag team title. Tony Atlas. Who, by the way, former tag team partner of Soul Man Rocky Johnson. Who you would know his son best as. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, his son is doing quite well for himself, I should say. Oh, yeah. Young Rock fantastic 
I find it funny that in the future Randall Park is hosting a news program. It's Randall Park. What can he do? You also have Ted Arcidi. Yeah, he was like strong man, muscly type, but not as good as Bill Kazmaier. Right. You have Harvey Martin. Former Dallas Cowboy. Dan Spivey. Yes. Hillbilly Jim. What can you say about Hillbilly Jim? What can't you say about Hillbilly Jim? Yeah. King Tonga. Who would you best know as Haku. And by the way, Haku, the legit toughest man in wrestling, once bit off a guy's nose. Dude! He once bit off a guy's nose. In fact... I'm going to let the aforementioned Dwayne The Rock Johnson tell this story from Jimmy Kimmel right here. He was eating after a big match. At one time, he was uh, wrestling uh, Hulk Hogan. I think this was in Buffalo. And after a match, yeah, once someone from Buffalo. And then, uh, so after a match, some of these fans started getting a little unruly when he was eating dinner. And he was not only the toughest, one of the toughest men in the world, uh, but also one of the most kind, gentle guys. And this is a heartwarming story. So he's eating, and a fan was drunk and unruly, and you're not that tough. And my uncle's like, oh, no, it's okay. Just leave me alone, please. You're not that tough. Finally, uh, the guy pushed my uncle. My uncle gets up. He grabs him by the head, and he bites his nose off. Okay? <laughs> this is this the kind and gentle part? So, this is... No, that, that's not the kind of... That's the, I'm an animal, I told you not to mess with me. He bites his nose up, boom, spits it on the ground. The guy goes crazy, his wife starts freaking out. They call the cops. The cops come back to find my Uncle Tonga still sitting, eating. And they were like, uh, you know, and he's very menacing, look, he's massive, and he's just sitting there eating. And, um, sir, are you, uh, are you uh, Tonga Fafita? And, oh, yes, yes, I am. Um, did you... Uh, Get an altercation? Yes, I did, yes. Um, and this is, I th- believe his nose, I think he's at the hospital. Oh, yes, his nose, it's right over there. <laughs> wow. wow, I'm surprised they didn't deep fry it and eat it in Buffalo. Can you imagine how hard it would be to be the guy who's got his nose bitten off by Haku? Ow. Yeah. And then oh. you have Sheiky Baby, the, the Iron I- Sheik. The Iron Sheik. If you don't know who he is... What podcast are you even listening to? Oh, yeah. We will drink here, Lawrence. Wait, who owns this well? We are thirsty. We will drink. Who is still the water from the cheek? I'll break your back. I'll make you humble. My name is T.E. Lawrence, and I could use your assistance in this war, sir. Now you're friends with Shiki Baby. I'm going to break your back. Such bravery! Oh, let you humble! He's quite the warrior. Young men make war. Old men make peace. Oh, oh son of a bitch! No. Oh, let you humble! Okay. Oh, oh let you humble! That's a little excessive. Ah! Sand show no respect. She put you in the camouflage. Okay, this guy's crazy. Did Lawrence and Shiki Baby win the war? I don't know. This movie's three hours and 48 minutes long. A lot of stuff happened. What, what internet are you on? Let's say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. By, by the way, much bad respect to the Iron Sheet. Bad respect. Yeah. We have former Pittsburgh Steeler Ernie Holmes. One thing I want to mention about Ernie Holmes in this Battle Royal. Now, the night before... The WWF had a practice battle royal 
a practice battle royal somewhere. I guess like maybe in a warehouse somewhere in Chicago, maybe, and they all maybe in a maybe like in a gym or something. It was a warehouse somewhere in Chicago. Oh, oh so it was actually a warehouse. So actually a warehouse. Okay. So they practiced the battle royal. And they had all rehearsed everything. And Ernie Holmes was, like, mouthing off to some of the wrestlers, like, if this was real, I would kick all your asses. Which is, like, it's not something you want to say to a bunch of wrestlers. uh, Yeah, it's it's not something you want to say to a bunch of wrestlers. A, you know in your heart of hearts that's a lie. Yes. And B, you know it's just going to be you against all of these wrestlers. Whose ass is going to get kicked, ultimately? But one person couldn't stand any more about what Ernie Holmes was saying. Andre the Giant simply went up to Ernie Holmes and said, You talk too much. And that's why we like Andre the Giant. Hey, if you've seen Young Rock, you know... Yes. If somebody badmouths the business, Andre's gonna Andre's gonna be the first one to stand up for the business. Oh, damn straight. He may be giant. He may be a drinker, a hard drinker. He may be a hard partier, but he is very much devoted to his craft. And he will be the first one to say, you need to take a seat. Yeah, take a seat right over there. You don't disrespect the boss. And then we have the Killer Bees and B. Brian Blair and Jim Brunzel. Uh-huh. Uh, I wonder this is how this started with the Iron Sheik wanting to humble B. Brian Blair so bad. Perhaps, perhaps. You got Big John Stud. Bill Fralick from the Atlanta Falcons. Bill Fralick would have been just coming off his rookie year in 1985. Yep. You got the Heart Foundation. The first WrestleMania appearance of Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart on this show, but not wearing the pink and black. No, which is weird. They're wearing blue. Which is also weird. Yeah. By the way, Greg, Greg is wearing the uh, WWE Slam shirt with the Heart Foundation on it. Yeah, I got got it from Homage. It's pretty sweet. In fact, the best part is if you look... If you if you've seen the shirt or if you can Google a picture under Jim Nighthart, the best part is it has under his stats laugh and goatee, and the stats are all green. Yes. And by the way, Jim Nighthart's goatee. Classic. Epic. Epic. Oh, epic, epic, epic. And fun fact, Chico, did you know that Bret Hart was actually supposed to wrestle in a one-on-one singles match in the L.A. portion of WrestleMania 2. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. But he's a legend. He would tear Bret Hart a new one. Well, I guess Vince probably thought it wouldn't make sense for Ricky Steamboat to wrestle a guy in a tag team. So he moved him to the Chicago portion with the anvil. But as of make good... As of make good. As of make good. A month earlier in March... Bret Hart and Ricky Steamboat actually wrestled what was supposed to be their WrestleMania 2 match at the Boston Garden in March of 86. And actually, fun fact, that match is actually included on Bret Hart's first DVD from WWE back in 2005 called The Best There Is, The Best There Was, The Best There Ever Will Be. Because that match was actually televised on Nessun, the New England Sports Network, because they aired the Boston Garden house shows. Ah, nice. But, okay, the next competitor 
is Russ Francis, former San Francisco 49er. But fun fact about Russ Francis, his father, Ed Francis, was a professional wrestler, and he owned the Hawaii Territory back in the day. And do you know who Russ Francis' dad sold the Hawaii Territory to? Rocky Johnson. Close. He sold it to High Chief Peter Maivia, the grandfather of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Ah. Yes. So Rocky Johnson's father-in-law. Yes. There you go. Oh, my. The living and legend, Bruno, Bruno San Martino. San Martino. And if you don't know who Bruno San Martino is, why are you listening to a podcast on the PlayStation Nation wrestling feed about yeah. wrestling? There you go. And then you got your two headliners on, on your NFL side. William, the refrigerator, Perry. Yes, because in 1985 and 86. In Chicago. Fr- in Chicago, the fridge was God. Yes. He was a G.I. Joe. He was a G.I. Joe. He was just the man in 1986. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Mike, you were there in 1986. How big was William Perry? Cultural icon. That's the best way of saying it. He was a cultural icon. He he transcended football. He he was was amazing. He was astonishing. And then, last but not least, Andre the Giant. Do we really need to discuss Andre the Giant? No explanation needed. You all know. Come on, Princess Bride people. Yeah. Okay, Chico. And the referees for the WWF NFL Battle Royal. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm sitting down. The first big name. Dick Butkus. Legendary Chicago Bear. I was expecting him to be part of the Battle Royale. Yeah, but he, I mean, Dick Butkus is a little bit up there in age. It's like, he's up there in age, he's up here, he's, yeah. And you already got the fridge, so you got your Bears portion. And, of course, from the Dallas Cowboys, you have Ed Tutal Jones. Now, here's the thing. I mentioned Harvey Morton was in this Battle Royal. Now, the key word is a former Dallas Cowboy. The Dallas Cowboys were the only team that did not allow their players into the Battle Royal. So as a last-minute thing, they put Ed Tutol Jones as a referee because he was originally supposed to be in the match. Yeah. I wonder who they got to replace him. I don't know. I'm guessing probably Dan Spivey or somebody. So, okay, we have all this massive humanity in the ring. It's crazy and stuff. And then we get close to the end. Oh, and the be- oh, we get to the, my favorite part near the end of the match. William Perry's trying to tackle Big John Stud, but Big John Stud gets him with a big elbow and eliminates William Perry over the top rope to the dismay of the Chicago crowd. Oh, but William Perry's like, you know what? You know what, Big John Stud, you had the best of me. How about we shake hands? And Big John Stud's like, okay, okay, Fridge, I'm going to shake your hand. But little does he know, he's made a big mistake. Oh, no. Because William William Perry pulls Big John Stud over the top rope and eliminates him. Whoops. To a huge pop. Whoops. He's coming for another one. Look out. Oh, 
Scott Bennett with a big elbow. And there oh, goes. no, he's out. Big John Stud just succeeded in throwing the refrigerator right over the top. The refrigerator is very displeased about it. Refrigerator wants a handshake. He said, all right, you got rid of me. Let's make a handshake here. I want to be friends. The match is over as far as I'm concerned. Oh, look at that. He pulled Big John right out of there. Big John starts an old pro. He's too smart for a rookie to do him like that. The oldest trick in the book, the refrigerator. Upset Big John Stewart. So we're down to the giant Russ Francis and the Heart Foundation. And Russ Francis, yeah, he's, yeah, who cares about him? He's gone. Now we're down to the Horts and Andre. So Andre is in the corner. They're double teaming him. But then Andre gives Jim the Anvil Nightheart a big boot. And Jim Nightheart's all going like, oh, and he goes over the top rope. He like has a seizure or something and just from the big boot by Andre, and he goes over the top rope. But Bret Hart has an idea. He's like, you know what? While he's distracted, maybe I'll climb the rope and attack Andre. That's not a good idea, Bret. That's no. No, I mean, just no. You're gonna be a future WWF champion in six years, Bret. Come on. No, come on, man. That is what we call a Bush League move. Well, he would learn from that later, but Andre captures Brett. He holds him up in the air, and he throws him on to Jim the Anvil Nightheart. And Andre wins the Battle Royal. The Anvil shot in. Oh, the big boot. And the Anvil over the top, and he's gone. Look at the headband on the top turnbuckle. He's caught. What's Andre going to do with him? That's it. Oh, he threw him right down on the Anvil. It's all over. the giant the winner here in this tremendous unbelievable 20 to man over the top invitational battle royal if i had to pick a winner beforehand that's the guy i would have picked for. well he's the greatest battle royal man around well tino you're not in the battle royals anymore and neither am i so thank god thank god you're right let's go up and get the official announcement ladies and gentlemen your winner of this 20-man battle royal the one the only Andre the Giant. And the crowd goes nuts. Oh my god, it was so great. Oh and that wasn't and that wasn't even the headliner. No, but I want to mention one thing. As a guest commentator of this match, the NFL WWF Battle Royal, as a guest commentator on play by play, Ernie uh-huh. the Cat Lad, former wrestler and also former AFL player with the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Diego Chargers. So needless to say, he had street cred for this kind of match. Yes, he has the chops. Okay, so now we go after the Battle Royal back to New York where Vince and Susan are interviewing Rowdy Roddy Piper about the boxing match. Do we want to describe this promo? Yeah, you know what? They were doing the shoot right as they were playing the last few minutes of the fight, I guess you could say. Piper's just pushing the ref out of the way so he could do his body slam on T, and that's basically how he gets DQ'd for the fight. And like I said before, it's like, Piper, you don't need to do that. You are a legit boxer. You are a legit boxer, Roddy. You have skills that T does not. 
He is a bouncer. He is a bouncer. Yeah. He learned how to box for Rocky. You definitely, legitimately know how. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. You saw that fight at the end of the fight. Cab Calway, he was loving that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was just loving Roddy, like, oh, this guy's awesome. And, wh- and who could blame Cab Calway? Everybody loved a bit of Piper. It's like when he goes on an epic rant, he's like, you know what? You can't respond to it. You can just look to see where he goes with this. All right, Gorilla, thank you very much. We have here Rowdy, Roddy Piper, and I must say your conduct was uh, something less than becoming as far as an athlete is concerned. See, I, I didn't understand, obviously. I didn't, if I wanted to come for a picnic tea, I would have packed a lunch. I come to fight, and just as I'm getting into the fighting, you have all, you know, you and Perry obviously come from the same mold because you both cheat. I saw right, Perry on. pulling John Studd over like that. I saw T rubbing his head, rubbing them gnarly bristles inside my eyes, but nothing he could do could hurt me. Oh, and the best part is Susan saying to Roddy, Well, I don't know, Roddy. That sounds like a bunch of blarney to me. Well, in Susan St. James's defense, it did sound like a bunch of blarney. But then we go back to Chicago with Mean Gene, where he's interviewing Jimbo Covert and the Iron Sheik. And Jimbo Covert's bitching about how Bill Fraley came from over from me behind, and he eliminated me from the match. Yeah, Jimbo, it's a battle royal. What'd you expect? Yeah, welcome to pro wrestling, my friend. Oh, but then we get into the Iron Sheik. Oh, my God. Oh, God. The promo he cuts is amazing. Iron Sheik, you've got to taste the professional football at its finest in this gigantic battle royal as part of WrestleMania 2. Gentlemen, we should prove it to all America. Wrestler is better than football player. I, I wish my partner, Nikola, was over. For sure, we're going to win the battle royal. Look at me, cameraman. I thank you very much, Iron Sheik. Jimbo Covert from the Chicago Bay. Iran, number one. Russia. Back to Gorilla Monsoon. It is the chef's kiss of oh, yeah. WrestleMania 2. Oh, yeah. He talks about how they proved that wrestling was better than football, and he wished that his partner, the Nikola, was there to see him, and he wished that he was in the Battle Royal, and they would have won the Battle Royal. Because th- at this point, it would be Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. Yeah? Yeah. And Nikolai was already in the flag match, so he couldn't participate in the Battle Royal. So maybe he was still feeling the after effects of Freddie Blassie's Kane from earlier in the match with Corporal Kirshner. Maybe. And that wasn't even the main event. The main event was the world tag team title between the dream team of Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus Barber Beefcake and... The, the British, uh, British Bulldog. Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid, in the corner with the, the Bulldogs. Oh, yes. Ozzy oh, Osbourne. And Captain Lou Albano. Which we talked about. In the Super Mario Brothers Super Show about Captain Lou. You can listen to that in the archives. Yes. But this is so nuts because you have the Dream Team's manager and Lustish Johnny V. And you have Ozzy Osbourne, Captain Lou. They decided, WWF, you know what, for this match, because there's so much chaos on the outside of the ring, we're going to have two reps in this match. 
You have two reps of the match. That's, that's one mat, one on the inside, one on the outside. Okay. That's just, I don't know. It's too big. You got to have two reps for this match. That's how big it is. Yes. But this and match it, ends in sick fashion. Yeah. So, like, Dynamite Kid's, like, on the second rope. And, like, Greg the Hammer Valentine has Davy Boy in a hammerlock. And so Davy Boy, like, pushes Greg Valentine into the corner where Dynamite Kid is. And he takes, like, a sick bump off the second rope, Dynamite Kid. But at the same time, Greg Valentine gets the wind knocked out of him because his head hits the turnbuckle. And Brutus the Barber BK tries to run in to break up the pin, but no go. Nope. One, two, three. We have new tag team champions of the world. Davey Boy perched up on that second rope. What's he thinking about? Ah. Holy Moses rammed right head first. And got it. And not only that, but Ozzy after the match. Oh, God, I want to play this. Ozzy Osbourne, what an explosion. You had to be a tremendous inspirational source for the moment. fantastic, man. The British Bulldogs forever! Oil man! Oh, my God. That was just great. Bobby, you raised a good one. Thanks, Captain Lou. Captain Lou's mom raised a great son, as we've already established on this Oh, podcast. totally. Now- hey, Paisanos. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, Paisanos. All right. So, he okay. Like, he, never, he never met an Olive Garden. He didn't like, oh, sorry, I'm talking that- about Virgil. Yeah, that's, that's not Virgil. That's much later down the line. Yes. But, okay, we've done New York. We've done Chicago. So, now let's go to Los Angeles. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. WrestleMania 2, what the world has come to. And now, Vince McMahon. All right, now, ladies and gentlemen, we are anxiously awaiting to take you to Los Angeles, California. The setting will be the sports arena. We will take you now to our guest commentators. Indeed, it'll be Jesse the Body Ventura along with Lord Alfred Hayes and Elvira. Let's go to L.A. This is Jesse the Body Ventura. Welcome to WrestleMania 2 right here in Los Angeles, California. Joining me tonight is Lordship Lord Alfred Hayes, along with beautiful Elvira. What a pair we make right here at ringside. We got some of the greatest matches, Lord Alfred Hayes, starting off with Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, going against Hercules Hernandez. Yeah, we have the World Heavyweight Championship in a chain, and you know who that's between, don't you? That's right, Hulk Hogan against King Kong Bundy, along with the tremendous tag match. The Funk Brothers against the Junkyard Dog and Tito Santana. And don't forget we have adorable Adonis. Adorable Adrian will take on Uncle Elmer. Elvira, how do you feel tonight? Are you ready? Yeah, I think it's ready. 
Let's talk about who was in Los Angeles commenting, Lord Alfred Hayes and Jesse the Body Ventura. And of course, if you don't know who Jesse the Body Ventura is, where were you during the 80s? If you don't know who Lord Alfred Hayes is, well, that, that may be well, more explainable. Well, Lord Alfred Hayes, he would be best known as that guy who did the promotional consideration spots on WWF, showing all those acclaimed video games trying to get you pumped. Terminator 2, it's cut, it's cut with a Sega Minister, it's mayhem from a claim. Oh, that, that was very good, Greg. I do a good Lord Alfred, guys. All right, now I got a funny story here for the Los Angeles portion. Okay. Now, I've talked about Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter in the past. On the Laps Fan Podcast, Dave had a funny story about the time he went to see WrestleMania 2. Now, remember, this was on closed circuit and pay-per-view. Yeah. Where Dave lived, there was not a place an hour where he was pay-per-view-wise, so they traveled to a house to go see this. Now, this is in days before Google Maps, before you had, like, you could go anywhere and you had GPS and all that. So they were stuck in circles trying to find the house, and then all of a sudden they find a house with a bunch of cars, and so Dave's group's like, oh, this looks like this could be the place where they're showing WrestleMania 2. So they go there. They're showing WrestleMania 2. But it turns out it's not the house. But by circumstance, one of the friends in Dave's group knew somebody who was at this party showing WrestleMania 2. Nice. Think about that. By just coincidence, they end up in the wrong house. But one of the people in his group knows somebody who's at the party. And they just stayed there to watch the rest of WrestleMania 2. Hey, sounds like a really good plan if you could get it to work. And he did, so, you know. Yeah, props to you, Dave. Okay, and we also have, oh, God. Your special guest ring announcer. Special guest ring announcer. Of course, we have Lee Marshall. Yes, Lee Marshall, of course, later from WCW and AWA. And did you also know this? Fun fact, Lee Marshall best known outside of wrestling, as the voice of Tony the Tiger. He did the voice of Tony the Tiger. That's great. Great! Great! But okay, the guest rig announcer for the main event. Oh, yeah. He was the frickin' man of the 80s. Boys in Blue, L.A. Dodger City, Tommy Lasorda, people. Oh, yes. Tommy Tommy Lasorda. Oh, my God. Recently passed, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, very but here's sad. but here's the crazy part: the Dodgers actually had a game earlier that afternoon against the San Diego Padres at Dodger Stadium, where the uh-huh. Dodgers won two to one. Now, for fun fact, I want to share with you the Los Angeles Dodgers lineup for this game from Monday, April seventh, nineteen eighty-six. You want to hear this starting lineup? Yes, I do. Okay. Leading off, you have Mariano Duncan. You have Ken Landro batting second in center field. Bill Madlock batting third at third base. Greg Brock batting cleanup for some reason at first base. Mike Marshall batting fifth in right field. Franklin Stubbs in left field. Mike Sosha behind the plate catching. 
the master of so many unsolved murders in New York City, Steve <laughs> Sachs at second base. And the sexiest man to ever wear Dodger blue at pitcher, Fernando Valenzuela. Oh, yes. And he pitched a complete game that day. Nine innings in a two-to-one game. Can you imagine if that would never happen today? Nope. A guy pitching nine innings in a two-one ball game. Nope. That nope. might be like the most eighties lineup ever. Seriously. That is the most. That's the eightiest eighties lineup that ever eighties. And fun fact: my brother's very first autograph was with was Mike Marshall in that blinkle your miss it period when he was with the Mets in nineteen ninety. Ah, so Tommy Lasorda was the ring announcer. And then in the main event, you had as your referee. Robert Conrad. Yeah, I don't get it, because Robert Conrad, it's a steel cage match, so what's he going to do? And this would be a decade or two after Baba Black Sheep, so what's he going to do? Why'd they get Robert Conrad for this show? Did he need money? Did he need a career boost or something? Did he think, okay, WrestleMania 2, this is really going to jumpstart my career. Oh, you know what it was? In 1982, he played G. Gordon Liddy in a movie. Oh, no! <laughs> what? It's Another a good, G. Gordon Liddy reference. Good thing know. they were on opposite coasts. What's the movie? It was Will the Autobiography of G. Gordon Liddy. So he played G. Gordon Liddy. He played G. Gordon Liddy in a movie he produced. So that explains why he's on this show. Yeah. G. Gordon was like, I've got a great idea. How about you have Robert Conrad as the referee in one of the matches? But Mr. Liddy, we can't. Trust me. I have his number, Vince. You can call him. It's like, okay. Okay, G. Gordon Liddy. I'll do whatever you say. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Hold on. The timekeeper for the main event. Oh, yeah. We had Herb. We had Clara Peller. Oh, we didn't even mention Clara Peller. We forgot to mention the best part. Oh, yeah. We forgot to mention uh, in Chicago, the guest timekeeper, Clara Peller. And the best part was, because Gene did the announcing for the Battle Royal, he introduces Clara Peller. And the and we saw the clip before the show. Cora Peller's like was saying to someone, Do I go now? <laughs> and so she, and so she's like she's yelling, Where's the beef? And Are you sure that wasn't Tom Poston? She's yelling, Where's the beef? But the problem is the microphone's muted. Oh. But you can hear her mouthing, Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Now that we're current. Yeah, so now let's get to who was the timekeeper okay. in L.A. All right, the timekeeper in L.A., because New York had Herb. Chicago had Clara Peller. How are you going to keep this 80s up and outdo both of them? You get everybody's son in the 1980s, Ricky Schroeder. Oh, my God. This is like the most 80s thing to ever 80s. Oh, wait. We're not even done yet. You know who was a special guest announcer in Los Angeles? Who? The mistress of the dark herself. 
Elvira. Oh, yeah. Elvira with Jesse. Hi, Cassandra. How you doing, girl? Oh, my God. And she was fantastic then during this show. Still is. What are you talking about? Oh, I mean, with Jesse and Lord Alfred. It was like, she was great. She was way better than Susan St. James, I'll tell you that much. But okay, so we have the main event. It's between the Hulkster and King Kong Bundy. And so for this match, because King Kong Bundy had earlier attacked Hulk Hogan on an episode of Saturday Night's main event, breaking his ribs. Ooh, yeah. Because he, had it. he did He did come in with his ribs uh, taped up. Yeah, the Hulkster. But... They had this big vignette with the Hulkster with Mean Gene, a tape vignette of the Hulkster training. Was Phoenix, this is WrestleMania. Hillbilly Jim and Dr. Bob Potovich right now at the side of the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, as he prepares for his big title defense against King Kong Bundy. Dr. Potovich, if I can prevail upon you, sir... First of all, we have discussed the physical condition of Hulk Hogan. As I understand it, you've advised the man not to go ahead with this title defense. Yes, that's correct. I have advised him not to participate in WrestleMania. What are the risks specifically, Doctor? Well, I worry about the possibility of a disc problem in his back. Maybe per- perhaps a herniated disc in his low back. Would that, would that result perhaps in permanent injury? It could result in permanent injury and also surgery. All right, Hulk Hogan, you're driving yourself. Apparently, you've made the decision to go forth with this title defense against King Kong Bundy. Well, you know something, Mean Gene? Just because I get sick, brother, I don't get called and tired for the job, man. I'm the world. Oh, Dr. Bob, a little lower, man. Wait a minute, Hulk, you're not still experiencing pain back there. Well, five and a half weeks, brother, I've been living this thing, man, after that slow rolling ride in that coffin, man, the ambulance. And I made a decision then, even though Dr. Bob Ponovich said, Hulkster, you're in no condition to do it, I have a commitment to all those Hulkamaniacs out there to defend this world title. We've been training for five and a half weeks, stiff-legged deadlifts to warm up. Dr. Bob, let's go for those heavy chins, brother, just to find out where it's at. All right, Hulk, I'm going to ask you to explain as we go over here just exactly what is a heavy chin. Well, Mean Gene, when you see this 100-pound dumbbell strapped around my neck, brother, you'll realize King Kong Bundy and heavy chins, there's no explanation. King Kong Bundy's going down, the chins are going up, brother. Wait wait a minute now. Hulk Hogan at 310, 312 pounds with another 100 pounds. You're going to do chin-ups? You're I don't know, man. He can this do it. This is for King Kong Bundy. A 500-pound man. That's it. All right. Looking good. I can't believe it. Looking good, brother. All right. Dr. Bob, is, is he putting too much strain on that lower back? He's looking awfully strong at this time right now. Over 400 pounds. Come on, come on, Hulk. Silbilly Jim, you as an athlete know about this. That's a strong man right there. King Kong Hulk, Bundy's enough is enough. You're proving your point. I'll do a thousand, brother, to beat King Kong Bundy. And it was so unbelievable. He was lifting, he was doing the, like, these big chin-ups with a weight tied with his neck. It was yep. so sick. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. Okay, so for this match, they had a steel cage match, but it wasn't any steel cage. This wasn't the steel cage with a chain link fence. No. no. This would be the steel cage that would define the WWF. This is the debut of the Blue Bar Steel Cage. This is the first time they have the Blue Bar Steel Cage because for this match, because you had King Kong Bundy, it's like, you know what? The chain link fence, this is not going to work. 
we need to have a, a special cage for this match to fit King Kong Bundy's weight. And height. And height. But, oh my god, the blue bar cage is like the ultimate. This is what, it's like, the blue bar cage is what you think of when you hear the phrase cage match. Oh, yes. So for this match, the steel cage match, the rules are you have to, there's no pinfall, there's no submission, you have to escape the cage. You have to get out either through the door or you have to get over the cage. But here's my thing. If the rule of the match is you gotta escape the cage, the bell rings, I'm getting the hell out of the cage. <laughs> right? Like you're gonna, you're gonna do the Sam Beckett thing. I'm gonna do the Sam Beckett thing. I'm just gonna get the hell out like, of the cage. Like, what are you gonna do? Run? But then again, Terry Funk is on this LA portion of WrestleMania too, so it might not be a good idea to just leave straight up. Yeah, yeah. Might piss off his wife or something. I don't know. But, oh, this is just an amazing match. Of course, in King Kong Bundy's corner, you also have Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, yes. Yes. And what more can you say about Bobby the Brain Heenan? Aptly named Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, yes. So, Bobby the Brain Heenan and King Kong Bundy are like, oh, we got this. We got this in the bag. We're going to beat the Hulkster. It's like he's got his ribs. He's got no chance. So King Kong Bunny's like, he takes a tape off Hulkster's ribs, and he's just choking him with the tape. He wants every advantage that he uh, could possibly get. Yeah, it's a steel cage match. There's no rules. He can do anything. So he's just yep. taking advantage of all the rules. But, oh. Rules. Rules. But the best part is, okay, the Hulkster fights back, and he busts open King Kong Bundy. And oh, this freaks out a violent. Like, oh my god. Yep. The blood and all such. But the best part is we talked about how in the boxing match, how Mr. T's missing punches left and right. Uh-huh. So Holster's trying to punch King Kong Bundy to make the bleeding go faster. Yeah. But it's like you can tell he's totally missing the punches. Like, ugh. Oh 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 oh, 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 sorry, I hit myself there. I hit uh, my mic, but uh, oh, oh, oh. <sighs> it's just, yeah, because, oh, by the way, King Kong Bundy mentions in a shoot interview in the kayfabe commentary supercard on WrestleMania 2 of Sean Oliver that he bladed. See, he kept the blade to bleed his head and his wrist. Because if you uh-huh. watch the match, he has his wrist taped, so he hid the blade there. I didn't get a, I didn't do a very good job though. I've gotten better. I got a blade job one time where I hit this artery here, and the blood would have hit your shirt. Mm-hmm. It was a good eighteen. There's inches. an art to that, and there is. And like I said, I don't have much good. experience, so you said that uh, they didn't want Hogan to blade because no, that's why I mean, the, that I final shot, that glory shot. I didn't shot do a very good job. Why do you say that though? Because there wasn't, wasn't enough. Yeah, it wasn't much. It wasn't much of a blade job. Did anyone say that to you? You didn't do a good job, or are you just being critical of yourself? Well, if I had seen somebody, what I did, nobody said nothing. No, okay. no, no, no. But I would have said it looked like you took an old tampon and douched it across your forehead. That's what I'd say to a guy with a blade job like that. Do you, you didn't know you're going to, you don't know you're going to blade until you're told when you get to an arena. Are you always carrying razor blades? No, hell no. I knew that night I was going to blade. Forget that. Random night at Madison Square Garden. Someone says, yeah, hey, I want you to get a little color. You have blades on you? Yeah, I usually have blades. Really? 
Oh, I'm kind of, I remember times I had to ask for one, but somebody had blades. Yeah. Okay. You only you only need a little point. Right. You just go. But like I said, I hit that one time. One time I banged into the cage, and it was just blood. This was a different time. Uh-huh. And it was sweat. Kevin Von Erich says, don't get any more juice. And I'm like, covered. I can't even see. And I like, don't worry, Kev. I'm not going to go to the blade. Well, that's true. How, how do you this. see when you're You don't when you do like that. Oof. When I did that one, I was scared because I hit that artery. It was going out 18 inches. I was scared. Did you get stitched? I didn't even know. Nope. Really? Didn't get stitched. And so, yeah, he cut his head open. Nobody saw that. Yeah, that kind of hurts. But, uh, so, okay. Hulkster gets a scoop slam on King Kong Bundy because Bundy's trying with the avalanche to nail the Hulkster. Hulkster counts. He lifts him up, and he slams him. And then he gets out the, the door, and he escapes the cage, and he wins the match and retains the title. But, oh, he's not done yet. He's he's gonna go after Bobby the Brain Heenan, so Bobby the Brain Heenan's in the cage with the Hulkster, and he just beats the <laughs> Bobby the Brain Heenan, and he throw he just drags his head through the cage, drags and... his head through the cage, and just bam. Good night, my baby. Ooey. Yeah, but this begins Bobby the Brain Heenan's year-long quest for revenge on Hulk Hogan. Because later on in the year, they have this big feud where Bobby the Brain Heenan convinces Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff to turn on Hulk Hogan. And they have this big feud throughout the summer. But then, before WrestleMania 3. Yeah. Which, by the way, would be vastly better than WrestleMania 2. Yeah, we'll get to the reasons later. But, WrestleMania 3, you have the big angle where... He convinces Andre the Giant, you know what? Andre, you've been undefeated for 15 years, but you've never gotten a title shot from Hulk Hogan. And so he convinces Andre the Giant to turn on Hulk Hogan and tear his shirt off on Piper's pit and be a complete jerk to him. And it leads to the biggest title match ever at the Pontiac Silverdome in front of 93,000, where they also witness the Iron Sheik humble and be Brian Blair. Yep. That was great. That was really great. If only Hacksaw Jim Duggan didn't come save him. After L.A., the East Coast is over. But it's not over for the West Coast because they got New York and Chicago on tape delay. So on the East Coast version, you'd get a thing with Vince saying, that does it for you in the East Coast. I hope you enjoyed WrestleMania. And for you on the West Coast, keep watching. And then you get New York and Chicago. And then you get this ending. Obviously probably taped after Los Angeles portion was done with Vince and Susan St. James, and we'll play it right here. All right, Susan St. James, we have just witnessed without a doubt just everything it said it was going to be, the greatest entertainment spectacular of all time. Without a doubt, one of the greatest nights I've ever had in sports. It was fabulous to be here. How about the tag team? All right, new tag team champions. Of course, the British Bulldogs, managed by Lou Albano, now current tag team title holders. But speaking of championships, I think the heavyweight title match in the steel cage was, without a doubt, one of the greatest heavyweight championship matches I've ever seen. America can sleep better tonight knowing that Hulk is back on top. Don't yes, you feel that way? And what about the fridge and all the football players in the Battle Royal? Those guys are great, but Andre pulled that one out. Yes, Bust them out like toast. 
Well, yes, he did. <laughs> it was a fabulous event. The steel cage matchup, of course. The battle royal, the boxing match with Mr. T, new tag team champions. What else could you ask for? So long, everyone, for WrestleMania II. You know, Chico, Susan's right. I think America can sleep well knowing that the Hulk is back on top. If the Hulk is back on top, he can sleep well because, ladies and gentlemen, Hulk Hogan is a real American. And he fights for the rights of every man. He fights for what's right, fights for your life. When it goes crashing down and it hurts inside, you gotta take a stand and have to hide. If your heart is failed, then your heart is proud. He's gotta be a man, I can't inside. I'm a real American, but for the rights of every man, I am a real American. Fight for what's right, fight for your life. Oh my god. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. But man, what else do we have to say about that cage match? That was the blueprint right there. That, that is like. Every cage match is striving to reach that original cage match. Yeah, and obviously it would be improved upon because you had Hogan and Orndorff in an epic cage match on Saturday night's main event in January of 87. And, of course, you had also, as we mentioned, Blue Bar Cage, the defining cage of the era. Yeah, I was surprised that wasn't sponsored, that cage. I mean, you know how easy you could just slap a sponsor on that? Oh, yeah, I don't think Vince was thinking about sponsorships back then. Because you know how in the NCAA tournament, how the ladder is actually sponsored? Wagner. Wagner sponsors the ladder. Yeah. You could have had a company just make the cage. You could have gotten them big publicity. Insert rebar company here. We make the cages for the WWF. That'd be great money. Uh, be. At least King Kong Bundy went on after this to make. Well, one year later, he'd be wrestling Hillbilly Jim and some little people. Oh, God. And then he squashed poor little Beaver with the elbow. Oh, no. Oh. But at least he ended up in those head smart computer commercials. Boo. Yeah, we'll play one right here. Not bad, Bundy. You really made that Head Start computer look easy to handle. Look easy? It was easy, Dick. You know, the fully IBM-compatible Head Start computer made a genius out of me in only 23 minutes. Well, now Head Start computers can make a genius out of every Newmark & Lewis customer. Hey, Bundy, did you get one? As a matter of fact, Dick, they're all mine. What do you got to say now? Just one thing. Yeah. So, things got better for King Kong Bunny. So, that's the show. That's WrestleMania 2. So, the thing we got to mention before we get into the reasons why this show was kind of a disaster. Kind of a disaster. Okay. This show was on a Monday night. There's your first problem. What's wrong with this picture? Because 
it wasn't established yet that these wrestling pay-per-views had to be on a certain night. Yeah, but nobody's going to stay up on a Monday to watch a bunch of wrestling matches. No, they could probably... Not on a Monday. No, they could wait a couple of months and get the Coliseum home video version, which I rented all the time from my video store back in the day, in that big-ass clamshell. That was nice, by the way. It had Hulkster and King Kong Bundy on it. It was great. But also, you have three venues at the same time, and it's just... And we watched Chico, like, some portions of the show before yeah, we came it, on. Yeah, they were, like, quick edited and snarkily captioned. Oh, yeah. Like, for example, it's like... Jesse's like at one point in the LA portion, it's like he doesn't get cute and he's like, Do I go now? Yeah. And then they cut to an interview pre tape with Lord Alfred Hayes and Walt Hogan. But the thing is, like, the part of the interview is like, it's like there's no audio in the interview. Nope. They're just waiting forever for it to be played. And they play it. But there's no audio, and now the guys are in the room like, okay, are we supposed to just stand here? Like, what? Yeah, we just supposed to stand here? What are we doing? I don't know. But also, one thing, shout out to our, my good friend, Richard Land, at Mass Wrestlers on Twitter, for giving us the East Coast and West Coast versions of WrestleMania 2 to watch. And also, if you want to watch this show, WrestleMania 2 is now available on Peacock, because... As we're recording this, the WWE Network catalog in the United States is slowly being migrated to Peacock. Yeah, it's being absorbed. So you can watch this train wreck of a show on demand whenever you want, and it's $9 well spent. Okay, so do we have any final thoughts on WrestleMania 2? I just, okay, so it was on a Monday. Because we didn't establish yet that pay-per-views for wrestling had to be Sunday night. Yeah. But if you think about it, who's going to put an event like that, as big as that, on a Monday? Oh, and one thing I want to mention. This was like the early days of pay-per-view. Pay-per-view for wrestling had not yet been established yet as like a big thing. So the majority of the business for WrestleMania 2 was mainly in like closed circuit. And for those of you who are way too young to know what closed circuit was, closed circuit was basically you'd go to like a movie theater or something or uh-huh. like an auditorium or a gymnasium and you'd watch the show there. Okay, good. Because I was about to say, you get people in a concourse in an arena looking at a television set. That's just weird. Well, remember, the show split up into three portions. So the people in the Nassau Coliseum watched the last two portions on the big screen. And then Chicago was fortunate because they got to watch the show in the middle, beginning and the end, and they had the middle portion. But in L.A., you just had the cord straight up, and then you just watched the rest on a tape delay, which kind of sucked if you were in L.A. Basically, you get the good stuff first, and then the rest of it is a snoozer. Yeah. You get to watch a terrible boxing match. Very terrible. But here's the thing. This is why this show failed, okay? Uh-huh. Because WrestleMania 1 was so successful. Vince probably thought, we had all the big celebrities. We had Muhammad Ali. We had Liberace. We had Billy Morton. Let's do that again. But with celebrities all over the place. And the question is, why did you need all these celebrities on the show? Did you really need guest judges for the boxing match? No, you didn't. 
remember, that was not a boxing match. That was a work. They wanted it to appear legit, but it was totally a work. Why would you need Claire Peller as a timekeeper? Because they were paying Wendy's a whole lot of money, I guess. I don't know. Well, they were paying Burger King a whole lot of money with her. <sighs> Can you imagine? Okay. You had Herb as a timekeeper for New York. You had Claire Peller as a timekeeper for Chicago. You know, hey, guys, do you know who they should have had as a timekeeper for Los Angeles instead of Ricky Schroeder? Ronald McDonald? Yeah. Or Grimace. Can you imagine how great Grimace would have been as a time? Mike, what do you think? You think Grimace would have been a great timekeeper? Oh, I'm paying to see that. What about I'm paying good, hard American dollars to see that happen. What about the Hamburglar? Robble, robble. Robble, robble. <laughs> Damn it, Chico. Imagine the Hamburglar running in, helping King Kong Bundy. That would have been great. Oh, no. Oh, and by the way, since everything comes back to Mary with Children... We all know that King Kong Bundy's last name was the inspiration for the name for the Bundy family. Well, also, King Kong Bundy was on the season two finale, All in the Family, playing a relative of Peg Bundy's. (laughs) That was crazy. And it's one of the best episodes of Married with Children. Not just best, it's very bizarre, but it is like one of my three or four favorite episodes. Yes. Married with her life should have done that episode. That would have been epic. Yeah, that would have probably gotten them a series too. On yeah, they probably could have gotten Big Daddy as the replacement for King Kong Bundy. Big Daddy for Hall of Fame, by the way. Okay, so yeah, you had all these celebrities all over the place and you also had I don't know why you needed to have like Susan St. Well, I know why you had Susan St. James there. Why do you have Susan St. James there besides the fact that she was married to Dick Ebersol? Yeah. Why is she there? Why is she saying uh oh 50,000 times? Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. But you know what? George the Animal Steel might not have any brains, but according to Susan St. James, he has respect for women. Yes. Hey, yeah. women were a growing market in 80s wrestling. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Tell you what, they learned from their mistakes at WrestleMania too. They learned, you know what, we got to keep this confined to one arena, and we got to use the celebrities sparingly. So at WrestleMania three, they basically just had Mary Hart and Bob Euchre, and you had Alice Cooper, Jake the Snake, Roberts quarter, and that was pretty much good enough because you had by this point in '87, WWF was on fire at this point. They were firing on all cylinders. And, oh, God, WrestleMania 3 is so perfect. But in 1986, on Monday, April the 7th, you know what WrestleMania 2 was? It was just a thing on TV. Oh, yeah, it was. Brother. Brother. But, guys, guys, we're not done. We're not done. We're not done. Are, are, are we going to have to talk to people in Chicago and Los Angeles now? No. Because first, we're going to play non-eBay Price is Right. Sexy sex music! Oh, yeah.
Greg, that sexy sax music does it to me. Oh, yeah, sexy sax all day, baby. So, okay, you are bidding on a two-pack WWE Mattel Elite Collection of Mr. T and Rowdy Roddy Piper in their boxing get-ups from WrestleMania 2. And this is from Time Warp Toys and Collectibles out in Lake Grove, New York. So I'm bidding on the price that the store is selling for this two-pack. And I'm going to start the bidding with Mike. Question. Yeah. Does it say when these were made? Are these newer or are these they... are relative? These actually are They're relatively new, new, judging by the uh, WWE logo. Yeah, the, the WWE network logo that's been used as their primary logo since 2014. But last year they actually had a San Diego Comic Con. Well, actually, it was supposed to be a San Diego Comic Con exclusive, but considering everything got pushed because of COVID, they actually sold this in retail. They actually sold the first ever Mr. T WWE Mattel figure. So this is a relatively recent two-pack. Okay. Um, With lifelike details. Okay, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I need to, like, gather myself. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Is Leslie North Jones Carolina. wearing... Oh, oh, she's wearing a Colorado State sweatshirt. I thought she was wearing a Cleveland State sweatshirt. Never mind. Okay. Oh, this is going to be interesting. I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to probably, I'm not going to say too much. I don't want to tip off my nemesis. I'm going to say $35.99. Chico? I'm going to say $49.99. Okay, the price of this two-pack, $65. Oh, boy, damn. Hey, exclusivity means money, okay? It does. It does. I just didn't think it would be that much money. All right, so guys, we did non-eBay prices right. Oh, no. But guess what? You're not sad, are you? It's time for proper eBay prices right. What did we ever do to you? A lot. I want to talk to an adult. Mm, Let's play the music. Okay. Okay, guys. That's not sexy. No, it's the original. It's the original prices right meme, silly. Okay, guys, we talked about some WWE WrestleMania two toys, but now we're gonna go all the way back to two thousand six when Jack Pacific had the WWE line, and they put out. And I'm gonna share with this in the Facebook chat again. An official scale cage match ring. With the WrestleMania 2 edition ring. And it's oh, got, nice. Yeah. You got 40 pieces, 12 foam turnbuckles. And the funny part is when you zoom in on the picture, you have George the Animal Steel eating the turnbuckle like at WrestleMania 2. <laughs> you have four die-cast metal posts. You have one-to-one scale to figures with the ring. 
and it holds Hold over on. 50. That's that's Piper, but that's not Mr. T. What the hell? That's Jimmy Snuka. I don't know why, because they probably didn't have the right. It's, that's anachronistic. Jimmy Snuka wouldn't have been in the WWF right then. No, he wouldn't have been in the E6. He would have been in the AWA. But okay, but just forget about that. It holds over 50 WWE superstars. So if you wanted to have like a Royal Rumble or something, you could do that with that big ass scale ring. You could get 10 of your Jack specific WWE figures. And then 10 more if you're starting light-up football lights from Kenner. Yeah, and just have them. I mean, the Kenner figures, I mean, they don't have any action or whatsoever. No, they don't. No, as we No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, and you can get them at any flea market for like three bucks, as we established in the previous episode. But yeah, the cool part is you have on the packaging of the steel cage ring, you have Hogan and King Kong Bundy fighting in the cage. And, of course, you get the blue bar cage, as we mentioned. So, you are bidding on the buy-it-now price for the WrestleMania II scale steel cage match ring. And I'm going to start the bidding with Chico from 2006. From 2006. Now, it is the scale, and it is built to the specifications of the of the actual event space. Yep, the official WWE ring. I'm going to say $69. Nice bid, Chico. All right. How about you, Mike? I'm sorry. I'm just reveling in, in that nice bid. <laughs> um, Boy, you, you know. Oh, it's that, a scale ring, that, Mike. Yeah, it's, I know. It, but I, I, I'm considering the jacks part because how many of them? It's impressive, man. I mean, look at it. Well, well I, I'm not looking at it. But the thing is, I, I'm considering how many they have, they made, which probably wasn't that many. I'm going to go $75. $75. Yeah. Guys, get ready. Oh, for no. This price. It's going to be like $175. I'm about to soil myself here. Get ready. Okay. You ready? Oh, no. No, it's not that high. No. It can't be. $499.99. Nope. What? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. No. going to pay that price for that ring is Matt Cardona. <laughs> man, for $500 for a plastic ring? Man, that's PlayStation money! Hey, oh, guys, I hope you're sitting down. Do you want to know how much this costs to ship? Oh, oh no. no. Oh, that's no. got to be probably $100. No, you're way off. $60.10. I'm not that way off. I said 100 Oh, my I, God. Hey, hey. I, I don't, this hey, how much does this podcast make? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> you, you you can buy zero of those rings with your podcast money. Oh, but you know what? That's a pretty sweet ring, though. I mean, come on. Hey, I'll tell you right now, it is a sweet ring. You could have. You know, it's a shame you don't have like action figures for Chocolate Thunder and Cab Calloway and G Gordon Liddy. <laughs> Because that would make it so oh, I, I bet you, I bet you anything that there's an, a G Gordon Liddy action figure. I'm a, I, 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 I can't believe I'm about, I can't I'm believe I'm about to do this, but I'm, call it live research, okay? I, I'm sorry, the, the Cab Calloway action figure. I'm, I'm, I'm dead. I'm what sorry. about the Chocolate Thunder action figure? Well, now that could realistically be a thing. 
seriously that i i, I could but you I know what understand. you but how about this what if someone made a herb action figure oh it's just a matter of time before that happens oh yeah That'd be so great. You have Herb with the glasses, and he does that little dance he does after Joan Rivers introduces him. That's so great. You see, well, okay, Chico's background. He has the picture of Herb at WrestleMania 2 doing the little shimmy dance he makes as the crowd goes nuts for him. Oh, yeah. that was terrific. Herb, Herb and Mr. Six dance off right now. <laughs> oh, my God. But we could go forever about action figures about chocolate thunder and g gordon liddy you can Which always sadly do not exist sorry sadly do not exist oh if only. not in this universe at least mm. but you could always go to our website it was a thing on tv.com where we have all the previous 147 episodes prior to this and you also have our live shows our minisodes our director's cut episodes yep and also of course, if you are listening to this episode on the Place to Be Nation Wrestling feed, you can always listen to our episodes on the Wednesday Drops, where we cover about two or three topics each week on the Place to Be Nation Pop Experience. Fun times. You'll learn something about the history of obscure television on our podcast. Indeed you will. And speaking of obscure television, let's see what we have on our calendar next week. Oh my god, I've been looking forward to this. Like okay. I said before, Zack Snyder's Justice League. A four-hour masterpiece in glorious 4x3 8K Ultra Super Mega HD on HBO Max. Yeah, we're going to take a bit of a downgrade from that because... <laughs> Well, oh, it's in four by three, also, but I mean, still, yeah, this is just hey, yeah, hey, nineteen seventies, Super Friends was the biggest show on kids TV, uh huh, and so the people at NBC decided, you know what, how about we do that in a live action form, yeah, and you know what though, I will say, considering who's in this, this would get you pretty excited as a kid. Okay, and it's got got us pretty excited. You know what else is exciting? What? The beginning of 2021 Pilot Month. Oh, yeah, it's been a long time coming. We had Pilot Month last year on our podcast, and it it was a fun time. We decided, you know what, we're going to bring it back this year. Make it bigger and better than ever. And And with 100% less Pachinski. 100%. We took the model of WrestleMania 3, and we learned bigger. Better, badder. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, we have uh, a bit of a preview here. We have a coming-of-age teenage show. We have an adaptation of a play. We have a, a, a delightfully twisted comic book adaptation. We have an incredibly familiar game show. We got the spinoff. We got the gritty reboot. We got another cartoon, and we got something that came from a TV movie. Pretty much, we have a lot planned for the month of April. Let's just say that. And let's just say this: next week, the second episode to start Pilot Month is our 150th episode. And really, this is a good topic for episode 150. Yeah, because when we did tag team last year for episode 50. That was the perfect topic. I think we topped this with episode 150. Considering who was in this episode, 
some of the people in this episode. And there's one very special celebrity cameo of someone who was not famous at the time, but later became very, very famous. Very famous. But we're not going to spoil that. You can listen to that on our next episode of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Wow! All right, this is the New York Report, and I'm Gene Okerlund. Made in New York weekdays at high noon, hosted by Jill Rappaport and my very dear, close, personal, long-time friend, Matt Labor. Not that Jill isn't my very dear, close, personal, long-time friend. They're going to be having Roddy Piper come on in. Hello, good-looking. They're going to be having a Joan Rivers look-alike contest. You can watch Jill and Matt. For more details on Made in New York, I bet you Matt wins. Here, here on Fox Television 5. Uh, five, that's uh, five. Can we talk? Yes, can we talk? Five, that's always a sentimental number to me, you know, because I have had five successful marriages. So oh, oh, it just breaks me down. Can we talk? Someone give her a fish, would you? I have an idea. I have an idea for the Joan Rivers lookalike contest. If it comes from you, I would like to hear it. You'd like how about Adrian Adonis? There you go. Except he's just a little bustier than Joan. Joan is much prettier. We'll give you that much. I think he would be great. Wait a minute. You know, it really wouldn't be a bad idea, Roddy, in my opinion, for, for, for Adrian maybe to have a tummy tuck, huh? Tell him you think so. Just, just, could you just put about oh, 75 and a half pounds underneath there? That would be perfect. You see, in Madison Square Garden, I got myself a six-man Elimination match. Let's talk about that. You can we talk? Can we talk? Six man elimination. Now, for those folks that don't know what that means, that means that you've never been in trouble. That's what they don't. Elimination means that the first time one guy on any side loses, he got to go back to the dressing room. Now, what does that leave? Am I confusing you, friends? No, that leaves us. That leaves us with three on one side, two on the other side. If another man was to lose, he leaves. It keeps on going. You got six people till there's one on one or three on one. It could go any kind of way. Wait a minute, buddy. It's possible. It's conceivable. Yeah, it's. Conceivable. Conceivable, you could be there, and then all of a sudden your partners are gone, and you have to go against Adonis Race and Savage. Alone. Not a good thought. <laughs> Not a good thought at all. Of course, you went out, you went out and got, got yourself Steamboat and, and JYD and Piper on one side, and, and then they got Adonis Race. <laughs> Race and Savage on the other side. First of all, first of all, Savage, leave the broad at home. We don't need her. And we were smart enough to go get JYD. Not a lot of brains, but he comes with a chain. I've got an, I've got an idea. <laughs> Tell me. I've got an idea. What about Joan Rivers in your corner? Oh, I think it would be great what that about way. What that? Oh, I think it would be. Oh, what a foxy lady for five times. Thank off. you very much, Roddy Roddy Piper. This on. has been the New York Report. I thank you. Uh-oh.